0: From Creation Ministries International, you're listening to creation.com's article podcast, the research and insights that give God glory, refute evolution, and give you the answers to defend your faith. Ryan from the UK asked us, are there any reasons philosophically why God must be good and not evil or indifferent? CMI's Sean Doyle responds, dear Ryan, thanks for writing in. God is, by definition, worthy of worship. Can such a being be indifferent or evil? Of course not. For a being truly worthy of worship there can't be anything greater than or equal to it. It is singularly supreme and necessarily so. And such a being will be good in the best way possible. And what's that? To be essentially good, the very source and ground of all goodness. Obviously if something is the very ground of goodness it cannot fail to be good and thus can't be evil or indifferent. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the standard of goodness. But are we justified in believing such a God exists? Here, I think two arguments are useful to show this. The ontological argument and the moral argument. The ontological argument says that since a worship-worthy being can exist, it must, since part of what it means for something to be worthy of worship is that it necessarily exists. Thus, if such a being can exist, it must, and thus it does. The key to this argument, however, is whether such a being is possible. If it isn't, then it can't exist. But I think in most cases, while we may be willing to grant the need for some sort of evidence to declare that something does exist, most people will generally admit that, as long as there are no inconsistencies or absurdities entailed in the existence of some being, that such a being can exist. In other words, we're generally biased towards needing a reason to think that something does exist, but the opposite is the case for possible existence. We're biased towards granting possible existence to anything for which there are no obvious inconsistencies or absurdities. Thus, all else being equal, I think that most people would grant the premise that a singularly supreme being could exist. But if so, then the ontological argument shows that they are committed to the existence of such a being by force of logic. Still, a general a priori assumption in favor of possible existence absent any inconsistencies or absurdities may seem to many a rather flimsy foundation on which to build a case for God. Is there anything that might buttress our thinking on this matter? There are some arguments for the possible existence of a supreme being, but they tend to be rather conceptual, convoluted, and arcane. They're not easily accessible, in my experience. So this is where I would turn to more traditional arguments for God to buttress the presumption that he is possible. Of special interest here is the moral argument for God. Premise number one, if God does not exist, objective morals don't exist. Premise number two, objective morals exist. Therefore, God exists. I think we can take premise number two as a given here. We know torturing babies just for fun really is wrong regardless of what anyone thinks it's objectively wrong thus objective morals exist the key issue is premise number one if god doesn't exist objective morals don't exist in other words if atheism is true there is no such thing as objective morals the only way for this to be false is if objective morals exist in an atheistic world but many atheists themselves reject this Dawkins said it really well The universe that we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is, at bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitiless indifference. But positively, what makes God a fitting foundation for morality? He is worthy of worship, the greatest conceivable being. More particularly, He is the ultimate source and standard of goodness. We need such a standard for objective morality to exist. Otherwise, moral states are left untethered to reality. And that standard must itself be perfectly good. After all, which is primal, good or evil, goodness can exist of itself. It doesn't need evil to exist. Evil however is merely perverted goodness. As C.S. Lewis explains, Wickedness, when you examine it, turns out to be the pursuit of some good in the wrong way. You can be good for the mere sake of goodness. You cannot be bad for the mere sake of badness. To be bad, he, an inherently evil power, must exist and have intelligence and will. But existence, intelligence, and will are in themselves good. Therefore, he must be getting them from the good power. Even to be bad, he must borrow or steal from his opponent. And now do you begin to see why Christianity has always said that the devil is a fallen angel? That is not a mere story for the children. It is a real recognition of the fact that evil is a parasite, not an original thing. The powers which enable evil to carry on are the powers given it by goodness. All the things which enable a bad man to be effectively bad are in themselves good things, resolution, cleverness, good looks, existence itself. And so we come full circle. God being essentially good is necessary for objective morality to exist. Objective morality exists. Therefore, God is essentially good. While CMI's main focus has been on the creation versus evolution debate, this is the first time we have published a book defending Christianity in general that answers attacks from many directions. This updated classic of Christianity for skeptics by a leading Christian apologist from New Zealand answers key questions like, Does God exist? If there is a God, why is there evil? Is atheism rational? Is the Bible the word of God? What about other religions, including Islam and the New Age? It has been strengthened even further and updated considerably by our own Dr. Jonathan Sarfati. It now also contains cutting-edge material on design in nature and the Christian roots of science. With its modern, catchy, full-color cartoon-style illustrations, it is a real pick-me-up-and-read-me type book, ideal to place in the hands of a skeptical friend, family member, or coworker. The Creation.com article podcast is brought to you by the studios of Creation Ministries International USA. You'll find lots of interesting related content in the links and show notes. This episode's article was written by Sean Doyle. Be sure to listen to our other show, creation.com talk. Visit our events page to find a creationist giving a presentation in your local area. If you'd like to help us, become a monthly supporter at creation.com donate. If you want the latest noteworthy research and news, subscribe to Creation Magazine. From everyone at creation.com, thanks for listening.